So for this week I want to talk about Stockholm Syndrome. Many of us have heard the term. It refers back to a time in history where there was a botched bank robbery in uh, Stockholm, Sweden back in 1973. The bank robbers held hostages in the bank vault for a period of six days. And during this time the captives developed a bond with their captors. And this seems strange to people following this saga with the hostage situation. And psychologists came up with the term Stockholm Syndrome. And since 1973, there have been similar incidents where people such as Elizabeth Smart and many others who had been kidnapped but didn't escape their captors. And after a while, they even, when given opportunities to escape, did not because they developed this special bond with their captors. So Parshas Emmar details all of the Yom Tovim throughout the year. Pesach and Shavuos are linked through the counting of the Omer. As the Pesach says, Usfartem lochem imacharas ha-shabos miyom aviechem es omer ha-tnufo sheva shavsos timi mosti yena. And count for yourselves from after the Shabbos and the day you bring the carbon omer, seven complete weeks it should be. So what is the purpose of this omer and the counting of the omer in particular? The omer has two purposes. One is to serve as a link between Pesach which is exiting from slavery and physical freedom to Shavuos, which is the connection with Hashem through Torah and mitzvos, which were given at Matan Torah. The second purpose is to create a fixed count of days between Pesach and Shavuos, namely 50 days. So the question is, why was it necessary to have these 50 days? Why not give the Torah right after leaving Mitzrayim? Like, strike while the iron's hot. The Gemara Menachos tells us that the counting had a purpose. It's for us. As it says, Usfartem lochem, count for you. It's on us. But don't count to yourself. Count out loud. Other mitzvos we can be yotze just by listening to someone else, such as Kiddush and Abdullah. But for the Omer, we have to count out loud. So why does a person have to count out loud? So let's remember what exactly happened to Mitzrayim. When we think about the story of Mitzrayim, some may read it with mixed emotions. Freedom is a great thing, but yet B'nai Israel kept complaining. They even thought back at, to the times when they were slaves with a sense of almost begging to return. So how can we explain this existential conundrum from a psychological perspective? As I always say, every psychological concept can be found in the Torah. Sometimes you have to look hard to find it, and other times it's glaring right at us. So Mitzrayim, aside from being a country, also has the word Meitzar contained in the whole word form. The word Meitzar means constraint or boundary. In Mitzrayim, the Jews had what we call existential certainty, which is a fancy way of saying that we know exactly what to expect. The boundaries have been drawn, we have the borders, decisions were made for the Jews, so they had an abdication of responsibility in some morbid kind of way. They essentially suffered from Stockholm Syndrome long before the syndrome had ever existed. Then the miracles happened, and the Jews were no longer slaves. Finally, they were free. They should have been happy, exalted. They were free. But how did the Jews respond? I don't know what to do. Should we listen to Moshe? Maybe things were better for us when we were in Mitzrayim. And psychologically, the Cheta Egel makes perfect sense now. They had no sense of purpose. They were left waiting for 40 days without any structure or any sense of purpose. Give us work! Oh, there's nothing to do? So let's make a golden calf. 
So I heard a wonderful idea from a friend that the process of Kabbalah Satora could not have worked without the 50-day Omer grace period. The Yerushalmi Psachim says something fascinating. Paro himself utters the words that L'sha'avar Yisim Avdei Paro, Mikan V'helech Atem Avdei Hashem. In the past you were my slaves, and from now on you're going to be slaves to God. What chutzpah! Paro is challenging the Jews with the idea that they were better off with him. In a sense, he had a point. Now the Jewish people had 613 commandments they had to follow. But with Paro, he made them work. But look, they built cities and they felt productive. So the 50-day Omer period was, in a sense, a maturational period for B'nai Israel. This was a time when we could go from slavery of Mitzrayim to the acceptance of mitzvos. To go full-scale from slavery to accepting the Torah with its many commandments right away would not have been psychologically advisable. This answers why we could not get the Torah on the same day that we left Mitzrayim. We count up with excitement, but also with an increased sense of acceptance, where Kabbalah Satorah could be met with a sense of appreciation. By saying Nasev Anishma out loud, we are making our proclamation and our acceptance public. The same is true with the Omer. We count out loud. We get numerous reminders to count. We get texts. We get emails. Marcus Lehman, reminders from our fathers, from our mothers, from our children, from our grandparents, because it's that important. We're not serving Hashem out of force, but out of a truly maturational process from 50 days that allows us to fully embrace the Torah out of love and a warm embrace that we are feeling as we're compared to the Chassan and Kala. So once we leave the slave mentality, we can transcend that which brings us down. So may our Kabbalah Satorah be full of love, acceptance, and looking forward. Have a wonderful Shabbos.